Hello, this is Matt. This is Lydia. And welcome to another edition of... Of The Princess and the Goblet. Yes, and Sleepy Time Stories. What chapter are we on now? Chapter 12! That is exactly right. George MacDonald's The Princess and, and the Goblin. The Goblin, the Goblin. Goblins are very funny. Summit. <laughs> so yeah, chapter 12. A short chapter about Curdy. Curdy is a great boy. Yes, he's the miner's boy. And he does seem to be very great. Curdy spent many nights in the mine. His father and he had taken Mrs. Peterson into the secret for they knew Mother could hold her tongue, which was more than could be said of all the miners' wives. But Curdy did not tell her that every night he spent in the mine, part of it went in earning a new red petticoat for her. Mrs. Peterson was such a nice good mother. All mothers are nice and good, more or less. But Mrs. Peterson was nice and good, all more and no less. She was a very good miss. You understand. She made and kept a little heaven in that poor cottage on the high hillside for her husband. What do you mean she kept a little heaven? What do you think that means? I don't know. Well, is heaven nice or not? Nice. So it sounds like she was making their cottage into a little paradise. What does paradise mean? It means a place that's practically perfect. Okay. Okay. She, makes more sense now. Thank you. She made and kept a little heaven in that poor cottage on the high hillside for her husband and son to go home to out of the low and rather dreary earth in which they worked. I doubt if the princess was very much happier even in the arms of her huge great-grandmother than Peter and Curdie were in the arms of Mrs. Peterson. True, her hands were chapped and large, but it was with work for them and therefore, in the sight of the angels, her hands were so much the more beautiful. And if Curdie worked hard to get her a petticoat, she worked hard every day to get him comforts which he would have missed much more than she would have a new petticoat even in winter. Not that she and Curdie ever thought of how much they worked for each other. That would have spoiled everything. When left alone in the mine, Curdie always worked on for an hour or two at first, following the load which, according to Glump, would lead at last into the deserted habitation. After that, he would set out on a reconnoitering expedition. Reconnoitering. <laughs> yeah, he spells it funny. It's a 19th century way of spelling what it. What did you say again? Reconnoitering expedition. <laughs> In order to manage this, or rather to the return from it, better than the first time, he had bought a huge ball of fine string having learned the trick from Hop-O-My-Thumb, whose history his mother had often told him. Not that Hop-O-My-Thumb had ever used a ball of string. I should be sorry to be supposed so far out in my classics. But the principle was the same as that of the pebbles. Who else used a string, Lid, to find his way back? I can't remember his name, but but I remember who did. Well, what was he looking for? What monster? Was it a bull? No. Sort of, though. Sort of. The Minotaur. Yeah, the Minotaur. Yeah, that was Theseus. And Ariadne gave him a magic golden thread. Sorry. Ariadne is a golden name. Yes, I like that name. Hmm. The end of this string he fastened to his pickaxe, which figured no bad anchor. And then, with the ball in his hand, 
unrolling it as he went set out in the dark through the natural gangs of the goblin's territory the first night or two he came upon nothing worth remembering saw only a little of the home life of the cobs in the various caves they called houses failed in coming upon anything to cast light upon the foregoing design which kept the inundation for the present in the background but at length i think on the third or fourth night he found partly guided by the noise of their implements a company of evidently the best sappers and miners amongst them hard at work what were they about it could not well be the inundation seeing that had in the meantime been postponed to something else then what was it he lurked and watched every now and then in the greatest risk of being detected but without success he had again and again to retreat in haste a proceeding rendered the more difficult that he had to gather up his string as he returned upon its course it was not that he was afraid of the goblins but that he was afraid of their finding out that they were being watched which might have prevented the discovery at which he aimed sometimes his haste had to be such that when he reached home towards morning his string for lack of time to wind it up as he dodged the cobs would be in what seemed most hopeless entanglement but after a good sleep though a short one he always found his mother had got it right again there it was wound in a most respectable ball ready for use the moment he should want it i can't think how you do it mother he would say i follow the thread she would answer just as you do in the mine she never had more to say about it but the less clever she was with her words the more clever she was with her hands and the less his mother said the more curdie believed she had to say but still he had made no discovery as to what the goblin miners were about yeah i was thinking that we didn't we i guess we did learn something there which is that curdie is still trying to find out what the goblins are planning and that we found out something about his mother who we hadn't heard about before now so that's good. I yeah, think that was nice. So, uh, bye. Um, welcome to Sleepy Time Stories. We hope you enjoy the story. We do. All right, everybody. Bye. And pleasant dreams.